Hey, this is Pastor Ali, one of the lead pastors of Bold Church. I wanted to personally thank you for joining us today. If you want to stay up to date with Bold Church, if you want to find out when our next gathering is or how to live stream an event, head over to bold.church. Enjoy the message. Good morning, good morning. Who's excited for church? Come on. Uh, if we have not met, my name is... Oh, can we do that one more time? That was kind of weak. Who is excited for church? Come on. Uh, let me just, before we begin, let me just tell you, we're five years old, and every year for five straight years, we met in a different location. Uh, we met at the Hotel Valencia in 2018. Uh, 2019, the hotel kicked us out. We did hotel, Christmas at uh, the San Jose Community College. 2020, we were in a parking lot. Praise God, it didn't rain that day because we still would have had church. Would have done a spontaneous baptisms in Jesus' name. Uh, last year, we were inside at 5 o'clock, and here we are in 2022, our fifth year as a church, our fifth Christmas in a different location. I- I'm just blown away that you guys keep showing up. We keep changing. It's like, where's Waldo? Where's Bold Church going to meet this year? We're grateful that you're here. Uh, let me do some housekeeping before we begin, because there's some dates. I want. If you have a cell phone, pull it out, because you want to take a picture of this. And uh, next, tomorrow, which is our next Sunday, we don't have church on Christmas. You can show up. You and Jesus will have a great time, but we won't, we won't be here. And on the 1st of January, it's what we typically call Sabbath Sunday. We give our dream team. If you're part of the dream team, can you holler? Come on. Well, we don't have Mary Poppins on the dream team. The dream team set this up. Uh, and then on the 8th of January, I need you to note this. Not only is it a new year, we got a new location. Come on. Anyone excited for our building? We are meeting at a new location. Can't wait to host you. It's going to be bomb.com. It's going to be amazing. And at the end of January, our first ever Bold Conference. Come on. And uh, we, have a, 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 we have another person to add to the already amazing lineup. We got Russell Johnson from Pursuit. We got Nathan Finocchio from Theosu. And we got Emmy Rose from Bethel Worship coming with us. You don't want to miss it. It's going to be an amazing conference. Uh, let me just give you one quick update before we begin. We... I uh, do an annual offering every year. Uh, and, and the goal this year was to get 100% participation. That was the goal. We didn't care about the money. We wanted everyone to get in on what God was doing in this church. Because in five years, five small, so we're still a toddler in, in the kingdom. Uh, we've seen 300 people receive Christ. Come on, can you give it up for Jesus? Amazing. Uh, and the goal was to get 100% percent participation and this year we have raised $71,000. Come on. It's amazing. Uh, I'm not sure if you know this but most churches they raise 10% of their annual offering in the last week of the year. Can't wait to see what you guys are going to (laughs) do. But uh, we got an amazing Sunday. Normally I preach for 45 minutes. Don't worry. I'm going to go for 20. The kids in the room they won't even let me go that long. Uh, but we are on a collection of talks called Big Bold Christmas. And uh, uh, there's this phrase I've been thinking about uh, all week long as I've been preparing and mentally praying for the sermons. It's the most wonderful time of the year. The year. It's, a, it's a song. It's a phrase. It's, it's this assumption that we make. Turn to your neighbor and say, neighbor, it's the most wonderful time of the year. Uh, it's hard with your kids, right? It's the most t- wonderful time of the year unless this is the first year without your loved one. It's the most wonderful time of the year unless you're still a student studying for finals. It's the most wonderful time of the year unless this is the first Christmas your loved one's not here with you. 
It's the most wonderful time of the year unless you lost your job. It's the most wonderful time of the year unless you're single and you're ready to mingle, but there's no one to mingle with. You know what I'm talking about? It's the most wonderful time of the year unless all of your family is somewhere else and you moved here for a job and the time you're supposed to spend with other people, you're alone. Uh, I've been pastor for a decade now. I, I know that we say this phrase, it's the most wonderful time of the year, but often not, it is not the most wonderful time of the year. It is the most stressful time of the year. It is the most anxious time of the year. It is the most fearful, overwhelming time of the year. I got some statistics. 88% of people, listen, feel more stressed out during this month than any other month in the year. Can I get a witness at 11 a.m.? I'm going to preach on lying in the new year. It's going to be awesome. 56% of people have to bite their tongue because the in-laws are in town. It's none of you, though. None of you. 85% of people admit to overeating this week. 15% of people overeat every week. It's awesome. It's awesome. But the, the origin story of Christmas is that it's about joy. And it is the most wonderful time of the year. Because it's not based on what's going on around you. It's an inside job. Can I read you the story? If you're new to church, let me tell you, we started the church five years ago with a simple dream to help people who are new to church, who, are, who have never come before, understand the message of Jesus. So if you're a follower of Jesus, you're a regular, I hope you're blessed. I want to give you some joy this morning. And if you're not a believer, let me tell you, Jesus has a gift for you. He wants to, you, want, you may have walked in one way, but he wants you to leave another. Uh, in Luke chapter 2, when you see it on the screen, someone shout amen. amen. And in the same region, there were shepherds out in the field, keeping watch over their flock by night. And an angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were filled with great fear. And the angel said to them, Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy. Somebody shout, Great joy. Great joy. We are a loud church. We don't just get excited about the Niners and the Warriors and the fall of the Lakers. We get excited about Jesus. Great joy. That will be for all people. For unto you this day, born this day in the city of David, a Savior who is Christ the Lord. And this will be a sign for you. You will find a baby, a baby, wrapped in swaddling cloths and lying in a manger. And suddenly there was, with an angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest and on earth. Peace among those who, with whom he is pleased. I got a message titled, Monster joy. And I chose that word on purpose because there was kids in the room. Because I had two options. The word great joy, the word great is the Greek word megas. It's the English word mega. It's translated either mega or monster. And I chose the word monster because I know we got some five-year-olds. If you're under the age of 10, somebody shout monster. monster. Oh yeah, monster joy. Somebody, but let me just pray real quick because I just believe God wants to some, give you some joy this morning. Amen. God, thank you so much, Lord, that you left heaven for us, that often, sometimes, God, we, we look for joy at Starbucks, we, we look for joy in the mall, we look for joy in our bank account, maybe what's underneath the Christmas tree, but God, joy is found in you. Joy came to us in the flesh. God, regardless of what's going on in this room, God, would you remind us of what Christmas is all about? And if you believe that, everybody said? Amen. Everybody said? Amen. Can we just give Jesus a round of applause? It's his birthday. Come on. 
The origin of the Christmas story is joy. I'm not sure if you walked in this morning depressed, overwhelmed. You haven't, who hasn't done Christmas shopping? Pray for these people in Jesus' name. They are stressed out. They're like, Pastor, you got to finish. I got to eat tamales at 6. I got to go to the mall at 4. Don't worry, my sermon is short. But the, the word joy shows up 2,700 times in the Bible. It's not something that's just casual. It's something God wants for all people. And we say this phrase all the time in our church. Jesus is not a person to be studied. He's a person to be experienced. And I wrote down like this. I'm hoping this you walk in one way and walk out the other. Christmas is not about getting information about joy. Christmas is about getting an impartation of joy. I want you to walk in one way and walk out another because Jesus, regardless of how your marriage is going, your finances, your bank account, Jesus wants to give you joy. Joy. And there's, like I said, I got a very short sermon today. I want to give you three things this morning. First one, if you're taking notes, is this receive the invitation. Somebody shout, receive. Where the angels announce the birth of Jesus is amazing to me. Read this verse with me. And the angel said to them, somebody said them. them. The, and them is the, the shepherds. You gotta understand Jewish culture. In American culture, the most prestigious job in America, the one that we give the most honor to, that we all look up to, the hardest job is the president of the United States. It's the highest job in the, in the country. The lowest job, I don't know. Maybe you're the toilet cleaner for the Lakers, something terrible, right? In Jewish culture, the highest job was that of a Pharisee. When you showed up to weddings, when you went to parties, everyone stood up and honored you because everyone wanted to be a Pharisee, but no one could. The lowest job, the lowest job was a shepherd. And look what the angel says, fear not, because these guys are like, why is God here with us? Behold, I bring you good news. Someone say good news. That's what the gospel is. Gospel means good news. Good news of great joy, monster joy that will be for all people. Somebody shout all people. The message of Jesus is not for religious people. It's not for good people. It's not for people who go to church. It's not for people who read the Bible. It's not for people who have a clean life. It's for all people. And God declared him coming, not to CNN, not on, not on Twitter. He didn't go to NPR. He didn't go to Kim Kardashian or uh, Cristiano Ronaldo, the, the two top two people on Instagram. He went to the lowest people of society, the people that never came to church. See, shepherds, they were dirty. Uh, if you've ever driven by Valley Fair, on almost every corner, especially during the holidays, there's a homeless person with a sign. My, wife, my kids and I, we, we pack them a lunch because we don't give them money. You, if you want to do that, please feel led. But their clothes often is so dirty because the, the clothes they, they sleep in is the clothes they live in. And there's a reason the shepherds are in the field even though it's nighttime because they live like homeless people. Shepherds are dirty, and the stereotype is they're dishonest. They never came to the synagogue. They never went to church. And God's saying, dude, this invitation is not for the uppity people, the people who got it together. It's for the dirty people. People like me, I'm a shepherd. He came for me. That's why John 3.16 says, For God so loved the world that he gave his one and only son, that whosoever. Someone shout, whosoever. Everyone in this room, you're part of the whosoever. Sometimes we don't want to come to church because maybe we're dirty. I remember... In Islam, I, I had to earn God's love. 
I remember there were times that my mom would take us to the, to the mosque. I didn't want to go because I, I had done something crazy that week. And I'd want to go. I feel like going when I had a good week, when I felt clean. And maybe you're here this morning and maybe you have that mindset that you don't feel clean. I love that God came to the dirtiest, the loneliest people, the outcasts of society, the people that no one wanted to be friends with. And God said, I want to be your friend. You're invited. So beautiful. Amen. If you want joy this morning, not just information, but an impartation, the first thing I do is you got to receive the invitation. Number two, if you're taking notes, join the celebration. Somebody shout join. join. This one is going to hit you. Get ready. I was studying this week and it, it blew me away. Look what it says in verse 9. And the angel of the Lord appeared to them. Next verse, sorry. No, 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 actually it, it was that one, sorry. And the glory of the Lord shone around them. See, in the first century when a king was born, what the king would do is he'd light bonfires around the whole city. And he announced, a king is born! Let's celebrate! And here we have the king of kings. And no one lit a bonfire. So God put one in the sky. It gets even crazier. Watch this. The next verse, verse 13. Then suddenly, someone say suddenly. That's a preacher word. You got to yell that one. Suddenly there was a, with the angel, a multitude of heavenly hosts praising God in Jerusalem. Didn't matter if you were a king or a shepherd. Didn't matter if you were rich or you were poor. Didn't matter if you were clean or dirty. When you had a kid, your friends and family would come over. And you know what they'd do? They would break out in song. They'd bring out musicians. They'd bring instruments. And they would sing and celebrate that you have a child, a child who's so precious, who's made in the image of God. If you know anything about the story of Jesus, every Airbnb was booked. He even went to Hotels.com and that was booked. Went to VRBO. He went to couch surfing. That was full. He stayed in a manger. Mangers aren't for people. They're for animals. And no one, listen, no one came to sing. Reminds me of a story of a, a little boy named Glenn. His picture's on the screen. Glenn is autistic. And at the age of six, his mom knowing he was never going to have a normal life, invited the entire first grade class, 16, 17 kids. They all went to, I think it was Chuck E. Cheese. They had pizza. They had ice cream. And on his birthday on Saturday, no one showed up. And this mom, heartbroken, went to social media, not to vent, but just pour her heart out. I have a friend who pastors in Seattle, and he has a autistic son. And he tells me all the time, that is the greatest pain knowing you're going to raise a little boy who will never have a normal life. It's Pradeep. He, he comes in and speaks here once a year. And this mom is pouring her heart out. I, my son is not going to have a normal life. I just wanted to celebrate his birthday. Well, she posts this on Facebook and look at this next picture. The local police department and fire department and the SWAT team, the whole like law department of this city showed up. And they celebrated this little boy. Amazing, right? This happened in 2015. This was the first time one of these stories went viral. Went on ABC News, CNN, Today. Now it's like you hear it every other month, right? The mom doesn't, the birthday boy doesn't happen. They go to social media. But this was the first time it happened. 
but it actually wasn't. Because 2,000 years ago, there was a little boy born in a manger, and no one came to sing. And the Bible, listen, in Luke 2, it doesn't say God sent the angels. I wonder if God was in heaven saying, my son's not going to have a normal life. Will someone just celebrate him? And the angel said, we'll go. See, joy is not based on your circumstance. It's based on what's going on on the inside. He may not change your marriage today. He may not change your finances. You may, not, you may walk in unemployed and walk out unemployed. But joy is an inside job. See, happiness is based on happenings. Joy, though, is a gift that God wants to give you. And there's only two times in the Bible, the entire Bible, where the angels are on earth and they're singing. This is one of them, where I just read you in Luke chapter 2. Let me read you the other one. This other one is in Job 38, verse 4. Where were you when I laid the foundations of the earth? Tell me, if you have understanding, who determined its measurements? Surely you know. This is God speaking to Job. Job who's lost his job, his wife, his kids, his health. He's lost everything. And for 37 chapters, he's like, God, where are you? And God shows up and says, whoa, whoa. I gave you the greatest gift ever, salvation. You don't need anything else. Surely you know, or, or you stretched the line upon it, or, or on what were its banks sunken, or who laid its cornerstone? When the morning stars, a.k.a. angels, sang together, and the sons of God, the, the, like the, the people in heaven, shouted for joy, the angels sang twice. Once when the earth was created on earth, and once when the creator entered humanity. And we didn't just reject Jesus on the cross. Listen, we rejected him at his birth. And in spite of that, he wants to give us joy. And I wrote down like this. Rejoicing is about making decisions, saying, I'm looking at my circumstance, and I've decided in spite of what I'm going through, I'm going to get happy in my spirit. I'm going to give God praise. I'm going to give him, I'm going to join the choir of heaven and give the one who died for me praise and worship. Because listen, joy is not a spectator sport. you got to join in the celebration. You're not going to find joy under a tree or in the caramel macchiato at Starbucks. Or when you defrost Mariah Carey once a year, you know. Or on a Black Friday deal. Joy is an inside job. And God wants to impart it to you. Not just give you information about it. If you want an impartation, you got to receive the invitation. Number two, join in the celebration. And lastly, experience the transformation. Experience the transformation. Read this verse with me. slide, please. Fear not, for behold, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all people. For unto you this day in the city of David, a Savior. Somebody shout, Savior. Savior. Who is the Savior? How big and strong is he? Is he six foot ten? Is he bigger than a lineman? How big is this guy? Who is Christ the Lord? And this will be a sign for you. You will find a what? A baby? A baby wrapped in swaddling cloths. The, the great theologian Ricky Bobby said he's seven pounds, six ounce, little baby Jesus. That little baby Jesus, or how? Because like when I look at my life and I'm overwhelmed and I'm like, 
having a bad day. I think my life's gonna get better if Jesus just like deposits money into my account or if he just adds presents under the tree or he gives certain in-laws sickness so they don't come for the holidays, if you know what I'm saying. Or sometimes we think, I just, I just need a six foot two, mm, then life will be good. Come on, let's be honest. Or let's be honest, we, we think it's the social injustice, the racial injustice, the financial. We just need a politician who will bring justice. All of the problems that we think we have, God says, you don't even understand. It Self-help ain't going to help you. I love influencers. I love masterclass. I love going to the bookstores. And the largest section in every bookstore is the self-help section. But our problems are so big, even those books won't help us. It's so big, we need not help, but saving. We don't need tips and principles. We need a savior. Listen, it's going to sound bad, but you and I are so bad, so dirty like the shepherds, that God literally had to come and die. But we're so loved that he was willing to do it. And that invitation's for every one of you. And God wants to give you something that isn't based on what's going on around you. It's joy. And why would God why didn't he just come as a human? Why didn't he just come as an adult and then die? Why did he come as a baby? This little tiny baby who can't even walk and talk. Why would he grow up and go through puberty? Hi, guys. <laughs> Such a weird time in life. Why would, you, why, would, why would he go through rejection? Why would he grow up poor? Why would he get sick? Why would he live among us? Because when you pray to this God, he can look at you and say, I've been there. I've gone through what you've gone through. His name is not just Jesus. It's Emmanuel. It's God with us. And this God came to die for you, and he came to save you, not to give you self-help, but to rescue you from your sin. And the beautiful thing about Christianity, it's an inside job. He transforms you. See, when you receive the invitation, and you begin to worship him like the angels, something on the inside changes. See, I remember when I was a, a Muslim, I was afraid to go to church or the mosque because I wanted to clean up. And I, I almost treated God like this. God, let me shower and then come. You know what Christianity says? God says, I'm the shower. Can I show you one of my favorite Christmas verses? Ezekiel 37. It's on the screen. I will sprinkle clean water on you and you will be clean. It's a promise. I will cleanse you from all of your impurities and from all of your idols. I will give you a new heart. Someone say new heart. And I'll put a new spirit in you. I will remove your heart of stone and give you a heart of flesh. And I'll put my spirit in you and move you to follow my decrees and be careful to keep my law. Sometimes we come to church we're like, man, I wish I was like those people who like, really love Jesus and they like they can go every week I like going twice a year Christmas and Easter but I'm not like those people and God's saying man everyone in this room is a shepherd everyone's dirty and everyone needs to be and you don't clean and then come to church God says I'm going to clean you and then he's going to take out your heart 
that doesn't want to worship, that doesn't want to come to church, and he says he'll give you a new one. And then I love this. Just because you know the Ten Commandments doesn't mean you're going to obey the Ten Commandments. He's going to put his spirit in you to want to follow. That's where joy comes from. That I used to live a very different lifestyle, but now God set me free. He cleansed me. He gave me a new heart. Now I want to come to church and join the celebration. And in a moment, I want you to stand and sing really, really loud. Why? Because I want you to join the angels. Because when Jesus died on the cross, no one was there. It only was after he resurrected that people showed up. But that wasn't the most painful part of his life. It's that when he was born, we rejected him too. And he still gave us the gift of joy. And he still gave us the gift of life. If you can bow your heads and close your eyes. Jesus, there's a room full of people, myself included. We don't want just information about joy. We want an impartation, God. God, would you fill us with your spirit? Would you take our heart of stone out? Would you cleanse us, God? I'm, a, I'm dirty like the shepherds, Lord. I feel like an outsider, God, when I come to church. I'm shocked, God, that you went through all of that for me so that I could be brought in, so that I could be forgiven. I'm so grateful, God, that you love me the way that you do. Christmas is the most wonderful time of the year. Not because of what happens to you, but because of who came for you. And with every eye closed and every head bowed, I just pray, Lord, that everyone walk out with an impartation of joy, that they would join the angels in singing and praising you because you are worthy to be praised. And I pray, Lord, for those in this room that like the shepherds, maybe were afraid to walk in the room, afraid to come to church, afraid that they don't measure up. But you declared the invitation is for all people. And I believe that there are people in this room that have never taken that step of faith. If that's you this morning, on Christmas Eve, the day before his birthday, Jesus is inviting you into a relationship. If you've never prayed the, the prayer to receive Jesus as your Lord and Savior, I would be honored to lead you in that prayer. But I just want to know who I'm praying with. I'm going to count to three with every head bowed and every eye closed. I'm going to count to three. I want you to just shoot your hand up and just join me on this prayer. On the count of three. One, two, three. That's you this morning. everyone to say out loud thank you Jesus for leaving heaven for me thank you thank you for dying for me thank you for cleansing me thank you for giving me a new heart thank you for putting your spirit within me but Jesus I also want to do something I repent I turn from my sin, from my ways. Help me follow you, love you, and worship you. Thank you, Jesus, for salvation. And everybody said, 
Come on, can we give it up for the hands that went up? Hey, thank you so much for listening today. If you found this message encouraging and inspiring, would you consider subscribing to this podcast? That way you won't miss the next word that God wants to speak to you. See you next time.